Next Cup Championship, NFL Division winners, the Big Ten Conference might be coming back. And some last words. The Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Sunline Network. As always, I am your host, Chris LaValley. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe. I want to kick off this podcast, talk a little golf. I'm going to get into who I'm picking for the FedEx Cup Championship, but I want to start off with talking about the BMW Championship, which just played this past weekend, where Dustin Johnson and John Rahm ended up going into a playoff hole. They replayed the 18th hole. John Rahm ended up beating Dustin Johnson by a stroke. It was absolutely incredible. So quick rundown of, of how this whole thing took place. Dustin Johnson forces that playoff hole with a wild putt on, on the 18th green. Johnson trailed Ron by a single stroke coming into the final green and was left with the 43-foot birdie putt to close out the round, and Johnson sunk it. it at that moment, that was arguably the greatest putt I have ever seen in, in a golf tournament. It was just absolutely unbelievable. So then they go into the playoff hole. John Rahm has a 66-foot birdie putt. I remember where he landed on the green. I think everybody watching that tournament was sitting there going, okay, so we're going to have another playoff because Johnson's probably going to two-putt himself from where he is, and uh, we'll we'll be seeing another playoff hole. And instead, John Rahm screams, hold my beer to Dustin Johnson and sinks a 66-foot birdie putt, which ended up uh, taking the tournament um, for Rahm. It was just, it was unbelievable golf. It was exciting golf. It was so much fun. If you're, I've, I've been pushing everyone who's listened to this podcast to watch golf. I hope you guys are doing it. It's the majority of these tournaments have just been absolutely exhilarating to watch. That brings me to the FedEx Cup Championship, which is this weekend. I'm going to take Dustin Johnson. Now, I have said previously on this podcast, I've also put it up on twitter you should never listen to me or place bets on anything i say when it comes to golf because nine times out of ten i'm usually wrong but i'm gonna take dustin johnson i think he's the best golfer in the world john and this is all due respect to john rahm and justin thomas justin thomas has had a great year but the past couple tournaments he hasn't been playing all that well johnson has been consistent for like the last five five weeks or so five six weeks he's just been consistent he's been great all season long i'm gonna go with dustin johnson to win the fedex cup championship and uh, i highly highly recommend you guys check out some golf this weekend it's going to be really exciting and a lot of fun so did anybody else realize that the nfl season starts next week because it snuck up on me i think not having nfl preseason games you just kind of lose track of everything and uh i mean we're in september and you know i've got my fantasy football draft coming up this weekend which i'm really excited about i'll touch on that in a little while but um yeah i mean the nfl season's next week so this is the perfect time for me to unveil my division winners and my wild card picks and then i'm thinking rich on richard and lala this week i'll talk to rich about it and um we'll give you our super bowl matchups and who we think is going to win the super bowl i think that'll be a, a fun little segment for us to do on that podcast so i'm gonna give you my division winners and my wild card picks and that'll be the nfl segment for the week so we'll start with the afc my afc east pick is the new england patriots i am not selling on the patriots i'm not selling on bill belichick i think the patriots are still the best team in that division their defense 
will still be elite. I know they lost a few players, but I think overall Belichick midway through the season is going to put all the pieces together that he needs to put together. I think the the Patriots will win that division. They'll probably win it in 11 games. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say that the Patriots are still going to run away with the East. Uh, maybe not run away with it so much, but they're, they're still the division winners uh, without question. AFC North, I'm going to take last year's division winner in the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are still going to be the, the best team in the AFC. It'll be close. I think it's it. I think Cleveland's going to come on strong this year, but I still think the Ravens are, are still the elite team. The Bengals are going to be a few years away, and I'm not too sure what Pittsburgh Steelers team we're going to get. If Big Ben can stay healthy, Pittsburgh could upset everybody, uh, you know, upset the the North, so to speak, um, and outlast the Ravens to the end. But you don't know what you're going to get from Big Ben. I'm not 100. percent A lot of people are really liking the, the Steelers' defense. I know they were they were really good last year. Again, I'm just not 100 percent with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh will be hanging around with Cleveland near the top of the division. I mean, this could be a three team race I, because Cincinnati to me just doesn't count this year. Um, but again, I'm going to take the Ravens and I feel pretty, pretty comfortable with that. The AFC South to me is the Colts hands down. They're the best team in that division. No bias here. They just, they are, they're the best team. The Titans, I think last year were lightning in a bottle. I don't see them repeating. The Jaguars are tanking and we all, we've already seen this now with the fact that they let go of Leonard Fournette. They're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, which I get. And then you have Houston and Houston's just a dysfunctional mess. They have a top five, top six quarterback with Deshaun Watson. But aside from that, he's got nothing to throw to because they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. That defense can be elite when everyone stays healthy. The problem with the Texans is that no one stays healthy on that team. Everyone, like, as soon as they start getting into a rhythm, J.J. Watt gets injured again, or they lose somebody else on defense, or they'll lose an offensive lineman. It's just the Texans just can't stay healthy. I think the Colts by far are the best team in that division, and I see the Colts winning the AFC South. In the West, big shocker, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Enough said. I don't really need to get into that. My wild card picks this year, I'm taking the Denver Broncos. I talked about the Broncos earlier on, probably a couple months ago. I said, you know, I, I think the Broncos are going to be a sneaky good team, and I'm going to stick with that. I think the Broncos... They have a good young quarterback, John Elway. I hate to give him credit, but I have to give him credit here. I think he's built a really solid team in Denver. That defense is going to be probably top 10 this season, if not even higher. I think last year they were top eight. So I think if everyone's healthy, they're easily going to be a top 10 defense. I really do like the Broncos coming out of the West for the wild card. The other wild card team, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I'm buying Josh Allen. Give me all your Josh Allen stock that you want. A lot of people seem to be sleeping on Josh Allen. I'm not too sure why. I like Allen. I like the Bills' defense. I just like the Bills in general. I think they're a good team. I just think New England's a little bit better. But I think the Bills will be right there with New England. The Bills could win 10 games this year. If not, they'll go 9-7 and seven and they'll still make the, I think they'll still make the wild card. Getting to the NFC here. I'm going to do the NFC East last because that's, I'm just going to do that. I just think that that's... Uh, Build a little suspense here. NFC North, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. I know. You're such an Aaron Rodgers homer. I know I know what you're saying, and I hear you. I can hear all of you. I, I can. Here's the deal. Aaron Rodgers is now playing for a new contract. I know that sounds crazy. He's playing for a new team this year. Aaron Rodgers is playing with house money, but he's also playing for a contract. And here's what I'm saying is house money. If he, pl- if he doesn't play that well, the Packers are going to go, well, we're going you know, to bench you anyway. Because we just drafted Jordan Love in the first round like idiots. So 
I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be motivated like he's never been motivated before. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate. And I really like the Packers to win 12, 11, 12, 13 games this season. Uh, we'll lean with 12 because saying 11 through 13 is kind of kind of cheating. So I'm going to say the Packers are going to win 12 games this year. And I think they're going to win the North. Out of the South, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Bucks. You've got Tom Brady with his myriad of weapons. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, here's something that people don't think about. The Buccaneers defense was one of the best defenses in the league. If you go by points scored, if you really dig into the Buccaneers defense, the problem with the Bucs defense was they were always on the freaking field because Jameis Winston was throwing the ball to the other team 40 times throughout the season. So, the Bucks defense didn't get enough time to actually rest on that field because if Jameis Winston wasn't throwing the ball to the other team, the Bucks were scoring. The Bucks were one of the fastest um, teams to score last season too. So the Bucks defense never really got an opportunity to kind of sit and rest. They were always on the damn field. I think with Brady, Brady is going to be much more methodical. He's going to be a, more of a game manager, or he can be more of a game manager if that's what they need him to be. I mean, Brady can obviously be whatever the hell the Bucks need him to be at this point. And I, I really do like the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think they have one of the best defenses. They're going to have one of the better offenses in the league. Bucks to me, no, no question. Out of the West, I'm taking the 49ers. The 49ers to me are still the best team in the NFC West, pretty much without question. They have, what, the top one, two, three defense in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo is still better than what everybody says he is because y'all are stupid that keep hating on him. I'm not too sure why. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I, don't, I don't buy the Rams. I think the Rams are once again going to miss the playoffs. The Seahawks are still good. I think Russell Wilson has the opportunity to make the playoffs because he's Russell Wilson. Um, And I think Arizona is still about a year or two away. Kyler Murray is phenomenal. I love Kyler Murray. I'm buying all that stock too. Don't think I'm sleeping on Kyler Murray. The Cardinals are still, though, a piece or two away. I think the Cardinals will compete next year for the playoffs. They're just still not there yet. That brings me to the NFC East. I am taking the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. I know, complete flip-flop from what I've been talking about, or at least what I've been what I've been saying um, about Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott. That does not change. That does not. Let, let me make this very, very clear for everybody. Dak Prescott is not better than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to be an MVP candidate. Dak Prescott is not. With that being said, the Cowboys arguably on paper, and I know this is the way the Cowboys always seem to work, is that on paper, but it never seems to materialize on the field, but on paper, the Cowboys have the best offense in the the league, without question. They have the best weapons, they have the best offensive line, if not the best offensive line, the best second or third best offensive line in the league. I just, I think this is the Cowboys division to lose. I'm going to take the Cowboys I'll say they win 13. I think they'll go 13 and three this year. I, I really do. I, I like Dallas a lot. And I think Dallas is, is actually going to make some noise in the playoffs this year. That's how confident I, I am about Dallas. Because here's the other thing. Aside from Aaron Rodgers, the other quarterback that's playing for a contract is Dak Prescott. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't think Dak Prescott's going to be an MVP candidate, but I do think Dak Prescott's going to ball out. And I think he's going to have a tremendous season. He has to. He has to because he has he's put it all on himself. I give him a lot of respect for that, signing the franchise tender. But I, I really do. I think I just I really like the Cowboys this year. I truly do. Wild card. Philadelphia Eagles, no question. The Eagles are still going to be good. Carson Wentz, MVP candidate. Like I said, I think he's better than, than Dak Prescott. If Wentz can stay healthy, Wentz is a top five quarterback easily in this league. It's not even close. 
I still like Philly. Philly will win 11, 12 games. They're still they're going to be fine. Philly's going to be fine. My other wild card team. This is tough for me because I'm either going with Minnesota or I'm going with Seattle. Minnesota, you got Kirk Cousins. Seattle, you got Russell Wilson. I'm taking Russell Wilson all day, every day. I think Russell Wilson was is criminally underrated in this league. He's should have won the MVP last season. He's a top two quarterback in the National Football League. He's right behind Pat Mahomes as far as I'm concerned. Russell Wilson's great. I like the Seahawks. The Seahawks defense is always good. They may not be as elite as they've been in the past, but they're still always good. And Russell Wilson always seems to find a way. Even if they don't do anything in the playoffs, Wilson always seems to find a way to get them to the playoffs. And that's what it's all about. So quick recap here. So in the AFC, I've got the Patriots, the Ravens, the Colts, and the Chiefs winning their division, wild cards, Broncos, Bills. In the NFC, I've got Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, 49ers, and then I have the Eagles and the Seahawks taking the wild card. All right, let's talk some college football. We're going to talk Big Ten Conference here. So this isn't so much, usually in everything is stupid, obviously I'm ranting and, and calling somebody stupid. The Big Ten Conference was stupid to cancel the season when they did. I actually want to give them credit because it looks like they're going to reverse course and by October 10th, the Big Ten is going to be playing some football again, which is huge. So Dan Patrick reported this, I believe this was yesterday. Uh, excuse me, not yesterday. Yes, it was. It was so Wednesday. I record this on Thursday, this podcast on Thursday. So I'm sorry, it was Tuesday. On Tuesday, uh, according to the Dan Patrick show, it says from source, and I'm quoting here, if conference can pass updated safety measures from procedures, Big Ten targeting October 10th to start football season. That's incredible. Supposedly, according to reports, President Trump had a phone conversation with Karen, uh, excuse me, Kevin Warren, who is the commissioner that I'm not a big fan of, although I am willing to change my tune about this man if he actually does bring back college football uh, for the Big Ten. Uh, They had a a very productive conversation, and it's looking like they're going to reverse course, and as long as all the safety measures are put into place, we're going to have some Big Ten football in October. So here's the deal. I want to tip my hat to Kevin Warren and to the Big Ten if they're willing to do this. I think it's huge. I think it's incredible. It's an awesome just about face. And and I'm all about giving people credit when they screw up and they're willing maybe they're not willing to admit it because they probably will never admit that they screwed up. But just the fact that they're able to swallow their pride, turn it around and say, "All right, fine, screw it. We'll have Big 10 football." And it's huge. But it's not huge for them. Like I'm not celebrating the schools because screw all those ca- all those chancellors, those presidents, all those people making half a million dollars a year living high on the hog because at the end of the day, they're getting paid regardless. They're, you know, they're, they're public, public institutions. They're getting taxpayer dollars. They're going to make their, you know, their filthy rich money and it, it doesn't matter to them. It really doesn't because at the end of the day, they get paid whether they play or not. This is a big deal for the players, number one. All the players like Justin Fields and others that had been scratching and clawing and begging to be able to play football this season. Huge win for the players. It's just, it's incredible. Like, I am so pumped for those players. And here's the deal. People like Justin Fields, they didn't have to stand up. They didn't have to say anything. They could have just sat back, worked out, got their bodies ready to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. In fact, Justin Fields is probably going to be the second overall quarterback that's taken, maybe even the first overall quarterback taken, in the NFL draft. So he didn't have to say anything. His NFL future is already 
it's already been decided. He's going to get drafted. He's going to be coming out of the draft as either the best or second best quarterback, either ahead of or behind Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so he didn't have to say shit. He spoke up for all the other players who didn't have the opportunity, who weren't going to get that NFL opportunity unless they got a little bit more tape, a little more filmed, just gotten a little bit better. He spoke up for all of those players. So all of those players or all the players in the Big Ten, this is a huge win for them. Secondly, huge win for all the small businesses that make their money during college football time. I understand that with COVID, not all the bars and restaurants can be open to full capacity, but they can still be open and they're still going to make their money. Even if it's through takeout, they're going to make a lot more money because what do people like to do aside from just going out to bars and restaurants to eat? They like to sit, stay at home, order takeout and watch their football. And thirdly, lastly, we as college football fans, this is a huge win for us. Obviously, this is all tentative, and we're not 100% sure if the Big Ten is going to do this. But if they do, if the vote goes through, if they do start on October 10th, it is a huge win for us as football fans. We get our college football back. We need this. We as, as sports fans, we need this. And the Big Ten has two of the best teams in the country, in Ohio State and Michigan. So the fact that we get to not only get them back, but get that rivalry back, and get to watch those games, that's huge. That's exciting. Like, this is, this is the uplifting, positive story that we need in sports right now. The fact that the Big Ten, again, they may not admit that they're wrong. Probably not. I doubt Kevin Warren's ever going to come out and say, okay, you know what, guys? We overreacted. We were wrong. We shouldn't have done what we did. That's not going to happen. But just the fact that there's been enough pressure behind the scenes from players, from parents, probably from boosters as well, saying, you guys are stupid. We want to play. We want to see these kids play. And the kids also, and the players as well, saying, we want to be out there. The fact that the, that the conference as a whole is willing to, to come back together and figure this shit out is just incredible. So good for Kevin Warren. Good for the Big Ten. Awesome for the players, and most importantly, this is a huge win for us. So for my last word segment this week, I'm going to break it up into two parts. The first part, I want to talk about uh, the NFL again, and then the second part is going to be a quick little note about fantasy football. So the first part is I have a new favorite football player, and I jumped off his bandwagon last year. I'm jumping back on this year, and it has nothing to do with his play. It has to do with some recent comments that he made. Kirk Cousins is my new favorite athlete, period. End of story. Cousins made a comment the other day in regards to the coronavirus uh, to ESPN, and he said, and I quote, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. If I get it, I'm going to ride it out. Survival of the fittest kind of approach. You know, even if I die, if I die, I die. I kind of had peace about that. End quote. That is an awesome quote. There's four points that I think are important to point out about the quote. Number one, Kirk Cousins as a person is doing his own risk assessment. He's making a determination to play football because he believes it's worth it. He believes that the risks are worth it and that he'll be okay when it's all said and done. Number two, he's choosing to live his own life. He's not allowing other people to dictate to him how he's going to do it. He's going to go out. 
He's going to go to work. He's going to do what he's being paid to do. And he's at peace with that. Number three, he's accepting the consequences. As he said, survival of the fittest. You know, even if I die, if I die, I die. He's accepting it. He's saying, look, it's no, no one's forcing me to do this. I'm accepting the consequences of my actions. So if I, if I get COVID, I'm not going to blame the NFL. I'm not going to blame the Vikings organization. I'm not going to blame the players. It's on me. It's on me. And fourth, he's respectful and accommodating to other people's concerns. He said right in the beginning, right in the beginning of that quote, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. If I get it, I'm going to write it out. The quote is brilliant because Kirk Cousins is absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, is representative of how a lot of us feel when it comes to the virus. Or at least I shouldn't say a lot of us. I'm going to speak for me. He's speaking for me there. He's saying, look, I'm willing to go out, to go to work, to do what I got to do, to live my life. If I catch the virus, I catch the virus. I'm healthy. I'm young. Statistically speaking, I'm going to be fine if I get it. I'm not going to die from it. And I think what he said is what we as sports fans needed to hear as well. We needed to hear an athlete come out, not listening to, as Clay Travis likes to call them, the Corona Bros in the media, not listening to all the people who are, who are pessimistically bringing us down in a negative fashion. He's saying, look, guys, you know what? Yeah, the risk is there. It's out there. And I get it. I do. And while other people may be concerned about it, I'm not concerned about it. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to play the game I love to play. And I'm going to do the best that I can. If I catch the virus, so be it. If I don't catch the virus, even better. And I'm at peace with that. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm just, I'm just, I love Kirk Cousins now. I don't know what else to say. Kirk Cousins is my new favorite quarterback. I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I don't, I've just, I've determined that uh, as much as, uh, as much as I want to see my Colts do well, my new favorite team is the Vikings. Unfortunately, I have the Vikings only making the wild card, as I stated earlier, and not making the uh, not winning the North. But I'm going to be rooting for them to do that, though. Hell yeah, Kirk Cousins! We need more athletes like you. All right, so we're going to change course here on the second part of this last word segment. I was going to talk fancy football. Not going to do that. If you want to listen to somebody chat about fantasy football, you can check out Richo's rant. He's going to be doing a segment regarding fantasy football in his upcoming podcast. I realized that I gave you my division winners, my wild card winners, but I did not give you my MVP. I think the MVP race is going to be um, pretty tight this year. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of players that you can, that you can choose from. Richard does not think it's going to be a quarterback. I think he's dead wrong. I, I just, there, there's no way it's not going to be a quarterback this year. You have the opportunity to see Mahomes win it again. Jackson repeat, which I still don't think Jackson's going to, but that's story for another day. You have a chance. So again, you have a chance for Mahomes. You have Jackson, you have Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, all those guys, right? Those are probably your, your betting odds, give or take somebody else. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. I think Brady is going to win the MVP. I think he's going to absolutely ball out this year. I just, he's got more weapons than he's ever had before. I, I have a really hard time believing that Brady's going to be anything but excellent throughout the season. He's going to be in a warmer weather climate. It, it just, it, I don't see how Brady can't be successful in Tampa. It doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I, I don't see him 
putting up pedestrian numbers. A lot of people think, oh, well, he's just a dink and dunk quarterback now, and he is. That 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 is what he has been the past couple years. But also look at what the Patriots gave him at wide receiver. Outside of Gronk, he had nothing to throw to downfield. Every once in a while, Julian Edelman would get loose, and Brady could bomb it to Edelman down the field, but that was few far and in between. Now he's got Godwin and Mike Evans. He has two deep threats on every play. And then you have O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski on top of that. So you, he's got his double tight ends, which he had back in the day when he had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. And I understand Gronk hasn't played for two years. Gronk's probably going to be more of a decoy than anything else. But still, you cannot tell me that Tom Brady is not going to absolutely just destroy everybody with those type of weapons. I think Tampa Bay is going to contend for the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm saving my Super Bowl picks for Rich and Lala. But I just I have a really hard time believing that Tom Brady's not going to be the MVP. I, I think his numbers are just going to be that good. Now, I want Carson Wentz to win the MVP. I am 100% behind Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz. He's probably, aside from Kirk Cousins now, he's probably my favorite quarterback in the league. But Wentz, I don't think, is going to win the division. I don't think the Eagles are going to win the division this year. I think that's going to the Cowboys pretty handily. Like I said, the Cowboys, I believe, are stacked. If Wentz doesn't win the division, it's kind of hard to give Wentz the the MVP. Unless Wentz's numbers are absolutely insane. Like the guy's thrown for 40-something touchdown passes and only three or four interceptions, and he's thrown for over 5,000 yards. That's a different story. But it's kind of hard if... Brady wins the the division and Wentz only wins a wild card and Brady's numbers are substantially better. It's just, to me, it's just not going to, it just doesn't mash up for me. So while I'm rooting for Carson Wentz, I'm just, my money's on Tom Brady. I really, really like what Tom Brady has in Tampa. I think the Bucs are going to be elite. And I think Brady's going to just drive, like he's got something to prove. He's got, like, everybody keeps talking about how, well, Brady's over the hill. He's not going to, you know, we'll see what happens with Tom. You know, maybe the Bucs won't be that great. I think, you know, there's there have been a lot of analysts who think that the Bucs are overhyped. How can you think the Bucs are overhyped? Tom Brady's got a chip on his shoulder. There is not another athlete ever, aside from Michael Jordan and possibly Tiger Woods, that plays better with a chip on their shoulder than Tom Brady. He has a giant chip on his shoulder called Bill, named Bill Belichick. He wants to prove everyone in New England, especially Bill, wrong. Have you seen all the blog posts from people in New England? The If you go to like Patriots Twitter or Patriots Facebook, all of a sudden you would think that Tom Brady is the worst quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. After they've spent years and years and years celebrating the man, the moment he decides to go do something for himself, the fans have turned on him. If you don't think Brady knows that or is paying attention to it, you're out of your mind. Brady, like Michael Jordan, is constantly looking for ways to stay motivated. And Patriots Nation is giving him everything, all the fuel he needs to stay motivated. So my money is on Tom Brady to be the MVP of the NFL this season. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Little Alley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Sunline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, we've got a lot of other great podcasts for you, including Spaceball, Richo and Lala, Richo's Rant, and Drinks with Dan. Be sure to check out some college football this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's also the FedEx Cup Championship. I've got Dustin Johnson. We all know how terrible I am at picking golf champions, but 
I really like Dustin Johnson this weekend. I think he's going to pull it out. He's the best golfer in the world. I don't see why he he won't win this championship. But if not, it'll still be fun anyway. There's there's such good golf that's been going on this entire season. I'm really excited to watch the FedEx Cup Championship. I hope you all tune in as well. That's it. That's all I have for you this week. I hope you all stay safe. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you all again soon.